0: Mobile J, what's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Welcome to Cali. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. How was the flight? Flight was great. Showed up and it was raining. But other than that, flight was great. Had a uh, stop in Salt Lake City. First time here, man. It's beautiful.
1: No flight delays?
0: Nope. No flight delays at all. Everything on time.
1: Dude, it seems like right now, flights are like three to four times more expensive than they were with terrible customer service.
0: Yeah, it was <laughs> definitely expensive to get here.
1: So, Roach, thanks for coming out, man. What up? What up? How's everyone doing? good 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 i know you're slammed right now so when i called you yesterday and sprung this on you you were probably like
2: you asked me if i wanted to do a podcast and i asked you do you want me to do the podcast <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, nah, i appreciate you being here course. i know you got a lot on your plate yeah, of course, thank bro. you thank okay. you yeah. chris duran
3: how's it going the man the myth huh. legend the legend sitting to my right
1: why don't you uh you know, we, we're we're we got these guys that are pretty well known on IG, but Chris, you you know, you're kinda of behind the scenes. I don't even think you have an IG.
3: Not that anybody knows of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so why why don't you introduce yourself and uh, give us your background?
3: Okay. Um we did the last podcast here. So I not on Instagram, as you know. I formulate nutrients for Athena, you know, we said here I help work with the manufacturing team, get everything going. Um my background's in plant agriculture. Worked at UC Davis for 13 years, managing research greenhouses there, formulating nutrients for research projects. Um, all the while working with cannabis growers and formulating nutrients for them too. So my history kind of goes back through that, um, kind of following up through the ages. Um, much much smaller grower than all of you guys are these days. Um, but you still have a garden. I do not right now.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, you guys I, keep
3: me entirely too busy to have yeah, sort of a Yeah, there's <laughs> no way garden. you can have a card <laughs> right Absolutely not. With yeah. how
1: much biz- business uh, Athena no. is throwing at that manufacturing facility, you are
3: tapped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, partners, you know. Yeah. i got, got other people here now that can give me all the info I need.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I want to start this one off, and I want to talk about, before we start with the questions, I want to talk about <clears throat> why we do these podcasts, and- You know, my background, I started, I grew my first plant when I was like 15, 16. And, you know, it was next under a CFL next to my bed in a drawer. I never really flowered anything, just pretty much vegged, you know, until I was like 20 and moved out of the house. And, uh, you know, 19, I think I was like 19, I moved out of the house. And, you know, I shopped at a local hydro store called Grunder Family in Riverside off uh, Magnolia. And I go in there to to. To get information, and you know, I'm a young kid, started from nothing, rented a house, dropped all this money on, took out a personal loan through, through the local credit union, then you know, got some credit cards, bought a bunch of equipment, and I, I, t- I moved out of the house to grow cannabis. You know, that's that was my intention, and um, you know, I got in severe credit card debt and in debt in general just because. I was taking advice from the local hydro store. And I'm not saying all hydro stores give bad advice. There's a lot of hydro stores out there that give really good advice. And there's a lot of stuff that you read online that gives really great advice as well. But for me, I think we're so passionate about doing these podcasts and then working on the Athena platform on our Instagram just because our personal past experiences that we've had with running – different medias, different nutrient lines. And when when you go through, you know, moving out of your house at a young age, piling up credit card debt, and having failure after failure after failure because of the advice that you're taking from the local hydro store or something that you're reading online that might not be true. Your friend's uncle. Yeah, yep. you know. He grew a lot of weed. Yeah. <laughs> you, you become extremely extremely passionate about sharing what works for you because you know or what doesn't work yeah exactly or what What doesn't work goes both ways but you gotta have to be careful with sharing what doesn't work which is why we bring people like you on
2: and and what doesn't work for one person might work for somebody else in their scenario you know you know
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah but that's why we do this you know I, at the age of 20, you know, starting off like, you know, that much in credit card debt, by the time I was 22, I had a filed BK. And um, filed BK, started all over from fresh, you know, got got uh, the foundation back under me, opened a hydro store myself, and really learned how to grow from there. And then when we developed the Athena two part formula and we're developing that with, you know, help with Chris and, and his formulations, you have two bags of, you know, you know, salt and you're like, whoa, like you can really grow some fire if you know what you're doing.
2: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to have all these crazy bottles and I, you know, we've ran it all crazy, (laughs) crazy parts. Like I do not miss those days at all. (laughs)
3: <laughs> 20 injector bank on the wall
2: yeah no Though no, this was hand mixed like oh in a God. tank you that's know neat. you got you got a, like 25 foot fucking table with bottles across the whole
3: thing bro <laughs> you know keeping track of that's Old, real fun yeah. isn't it some people still run it Ooh. i know i know i right, i want to go back to your your hydro store thing do you guys remember the first hydro store you went to
0: mm-hmm that was the biggest thing for me to overcome is not having, uh, you know, somebody to teach me what to do and going to the hydro store was intimidating. So, you know, going there, not knowing any information. Um, so for new growers now to be able to hop on IG and see Athena and have, you know, irrigation strategies and ECs and facility advisors be able to tell you what to do. instead of so you just find the information. That was the biggest thing for me to overcome personally was just finding the information.
1: finding the the real information Mm -hmm. you know i remember you know you and i have had like a little bromantic phone relationship for what like three two years
0: uh you hit me up the end of 2020
1: yeah so and you were still using a bunch of different you know additives Mm -hmm. and uh larger pots and a lot of different you know ways and you still grew fire weed. I mean, you were growing fire.
0: Oh, yeah, man. It's not about, you know, the crazy facility and you have to have rock wool and drip. Um, just, you know, showing attention to the plant and just knowing how to land it safely. I mean, just getting the appropriate size pot, you know, feeding it appropriately, you know, the, the right drybacks. And, uh, but I've done everything, you know, rock wool, irrigation, um, but I still am partial to the hand feed. It's just um, something I can't get away from.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're still hand feeding?
0: I am not, but we'd like to. So, even like the first three weeks of flour, we'd like to hand feed so each you know pot's getting a proper dry yeah. back. It's attention. How many gallon pots are there? So, right now we went from fives. Originally, we we're all in fives, but now we're in twos. Got it. So, we're. Got um, it. Cool. Yeah. You're getting twos, but we like to hand water them in the first three weeks so yeah. they get the proper dry back. And then, you know, our vegetative.
2: Yeah, because everything drinks different.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is
2: your veg on drippers?
0: No. Do it. So, well, a lot of people love my veg. <laughs> It'll help a, that for yeah. three weeks. <laughs> I get a ton of questions One about of my veg. Work. We hand water three times a day and it's just lush. Yeah. You know, we get such nice plants on the blended and uh, just can't get away from it.
2: Yeah. What yeah. works, works. Why? Yeah, it if works the for ain't broke, us.
0: Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And we're a total, we're 40 later. So, yeah. you know what I mean? 15 light veg. We don't, you know, we like being
3: in there and I have a guy that works with me. So he takes care of it. Yeah. Works for us. So. Yeah. I think you, you probably got a really good team. If you're working with that hand-watering, it's it's an art.
2: Yeah, you become one with the garden yeah. when you're hand-watering it. Yeah. like It's way different. Yeah, you know? it's an art. It, it's nice. You see everything. You get to see every single plant individually. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And we're in the country,
0: too, so we don't have internet, like a good internet connection. Yep. So we lose, you know, I'm running GrowLink right now, so we lose our connection all the time and I can't make, you know, adjustments. So yeah. even we still might be in there hand-watering off the doser, you know, Go just ahead. to make up for things. Yeah. There's
3: a lot to be said for seeing each plant every day. Yeah. You know.
2: And but, picking each plant
3: up every yeah. day. It's, yeah. It's intense. Well, you, you spot the pest sooner. You spot yeah. disease sooner. 100%. You know, and, and you just, there's a different, it is, it's a little bit of an art though. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, yeah, just having the right size root zone, the right pots where you're watering once a day and you're not in there three times a day, you know, getting that right dry bag. It's sometimes it can be tough. Oh yeah.
1: What about, what about organic inputs? I know we've gone over this in the past, but you know, you are a big organic Input guy
0: used to when we were hand feeding, yeah, we would add organics, we would add you know Power SI m- microbes, Mammoth P, you know um, Photosynthesis Plus, you know stuff like that, make the res dirty.
1: What What are you doing now?
0: Now it's just straight Athena. It's just clean. Yeah, Proline for flower, and we're using Blended for veg.
1: How so? How's your quality been since you were using organic inputs? To now, have you seen a difference in quality?
0: Much cleaner, more controlled, no leaf tip burn a uh, brighter sheen on the leaves, like you were talking about, you've always said it's a balance program. You know, so I'm able to feed that higher EC and they take it and they don't burn at all, even with heavy drybacks. So, um, you know, last run we did a little side by side, you know, in the uh, Athena crushed for us, it did 2.7 alike compared to, you know, our GH recipe not doing nearly as much, you know, around two. So then we made the switch to full pro line and uh, hooked up to a doser system and running with it.
1: What about finished? What about finished product? Have you seen? A, have you seen the same quality, increased quality, or any degradation in quality?
0: Well, I mean, with my strains, I've having pretty dialed in, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, no. Degradation of, of quality on athena product at all i mean i see a lot of packs um you know with dylan and max and you know brokers and they all run in athena and it's it's crazy um craft actually hit me up and he's running athena four part now and he said his guy you know he, they got the best thing smoking on the streets right now it's all athena yeah you know won the the olympics out there straight athena you know with cleanse incorporated so there's no you know it's very high quality flower and it's just so balanced for us we're you know, instead of using the 10 bottles, now we're using... 17? You know, four.
1: No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Depends on which 17 you... Yeah, it's so bad.
2: We're, we're, Talk uh, about fucking dirty res. Yeah. 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 Jesus. Mm-hmm. Open-ended octobubblers rip all the guts out. <laughs> Open-ended sprinklers. Three horsepower, a pump behind it. Two horsepower, a pump Just behind it. Just keep
3: dumping sugar in there and growing stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's a Petri dish. growing stuff. Like, yeah, it's a Petri sure. dish.
1: Chris, on, on the... Uh, On the turf side, on the quality side, I mean, J just, you know, he's taking out everything. He's not adding any organic inputs and he's just using the two-part pro line for the, with the foundation. Why is he seeing, you know, same turf production or same quality coming out with a two-part without adding all those inputs?
3: Plants are getting everything they need, Mm -hmm. you know, from a mineral standpoint, you know, that's what they need. And if the environmental conditions are the same, you're stressing the plants the same, I would expect to see the same output you know, genetic expressions based on a lot of this environment. And if you're doing the same stuff there, why would you see anything different? Most of these organic inputs just have to be broken down into the same elements that the plant's going to absorb. Hmm. So you're adding organics, but you're adding a lot of stuff the plant's never going to use. And I think part of, like you were saying, get some late leaf tip burn, things like those. A lot of the organic inputs have higher ammonium content, and that's going to give you a little bit of a different feel to the plant. Uh, And they're just not as balanced. And sometimes you can't get the nutrients to be released and control that root zone at the same rate.
1: As of right now, Chris, do you know of any product that increases terp production?
3: I would say most balanced fertilizers are going to give the plant the opportunity to produce the terpenes that are available to it. Um, You know, I was digging in a little bit. There's not tons of research. Obviously, this is a newer industry, so you're not finding a lot of information out there about, you know, good controlled studies for terpene production. Um, There was a good one that was done on CBD plants, and they did one, and they found... And they were just looking at, and I believe it was a uh, pinene terpene, and they they cut water or increase the amount of water that was going to these crops, and half of the plants increased the production, and half of them decreased production. So
1: of course, right, fucking weed, right, yeah. and that you know, and
3: that's <laughs> and it's just genetic expression. Not every strain is going to do the same.
1: Yeah. So it's really just genetic expression.
3: I mean. Yeah, and I don't think that you can say you know same deal. It's like if just because you stress this plant in this one way doesn't mean you're always going to get the same response. You know, if you have different genetics, different stress is going to give you a different response. So, I mean, you're never going to turn something that's, you know, heavy limiting over to like a mercy producing plant. They're going to stay the same. The profile is generally the same. You're going to get some expression within that based on how you're stressing the plant and what your genetics are. But it was, you know, it's telling when you see these things like half do one thing and half do the other. So that's where experimentation comes into it. What, what environmental factors are you going to change?
1: Yeah. What about, so mineral input ratios, you know, for turf production or any production at all, that's where, ratios is all where it's at. And that's why we have a two-part, because the ratios are what we found out worked the best.
3: Yeah, they work the best and you can, can control them, you know, after the, afterward in a way that you would want to control them. So we kind of split up where calcium and nitrogen are coming from. Uh, during bloom and where your potassium and your your phosphorus are coming from and your magnesium and your sulfur you know and those are I know we had kind of you would asked some questions along these lines and it's I know we're going to get into this a little bit later but you know it allows the, the grower to make a little bit of small changes to that that mineral composition um, and you know the big one's going to be just keeping the nitrogen low heading through flower you know I think that's that's really a lot of the driving thing for high potency you know high THC content you know what you're stamping on the labels. And I think everybody here knows that. Um, and this kind of gives you that option. You can, you can change that a little bit at the end if you need to.
1: Yeah. What about, I've heard some stuff about chelated nutrients, create more terps or something. what are chelated nutrients?
3: Chelated nutrients. Yeah. Sorry. Um, they're just, they're, they're micronutrients that are in a bioavailable form. So, you know, you can throw a, a nail into your solution, right? An iron nail into your solution, but it's going to form rust. It's not going to be available to your plant. Uh, what this does is it stops these heavy metals, metals in general, from being oxidized and precipitating and falling out of your reservoir, so they're just floating around ready to go available for the plant. Um, there's multiple chelators that people use. Most of them, especially in the the pHs that we're all running, they're all readily available for plants. So you can you can pick and choose the ones you want, really. If you start getting out into a field soil application, there's probably some that are more ideal than others. Um, but we're talking like actual field soil, like planting into the earth, not a pot outside.
1: Are our nutrients chelated?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Micronutrients are chelated. I
1: mean, pretty much every nutrient line is chelated, right? I mean, it, if it's salt.
3: Yeah. Yeah. If they have any idea at all what they're doing. And I think every, all, all the pig <laughs> players are doing that. So if you find a line that doesn't have, you know, Especially your iron, if you find one... No one's that,
2: advertising non-chelated <laughs> nutrients. Get, well,
3: get them while we got them. Right. Get them like, <laughs> well, you know, I know we're not beating down the door of our marketing campaign. Like, hey, we got uh, chelated micronutrients. Yeah. It's kind of obvious.
1: <laughs> Roach, you've also been working on Balance Pro.
3: Yep.
2: Yep. Working on like a dissolvable pH adjust. Um,
1: yeah. How's it going? What do you... Do you like it better?
2: Yeah, I do. It's easy. One pound per gallon, mix it in. Um, the main reason we were looking at doing it was because the Venturi set up on all the Netaflexes, they're just so prone to clogging Yeah. with
1: that uh, potassium hydroxide. So, so uh, okay. well, even with potassium hydroxide, I just thought potassium silicate, but hydroxide too? The balance? Yeah. And potassium hydroxide too. Oh.
3: Wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Right. I thought it was, I thought it was Okay. We've don't. been recommending people to, you know, use it because <laughs> we don't really have one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, we were, we were using it for a bit and I'm like, I don't want to use this shit no more, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. So, but Balance the, Pro, baby. Balance Pro is doing good. Yeah, it's good. It's Not good. The Venturis are clean.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're getting like a few more weeks than we would on the hydroxide. I mean, those Venturis are just so prone to clogging. So you're
1: going to have to clean them, you know? Yeah.
2: It's just like part of a monthly maintenance thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Are you seeing a uh, cleaner drip, you know, the drip system, cleaner irrigation with the Balance Pro? No. No, same. No, same shit. Same no, I'm shape.
2: not seeing a dirtier one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which
2: is important, Yeah, right? you
3: shouldn't. You're, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't see anything dirtier. at that yeah, pH. No, it's the same, yeah.
2: Yeah. Tests are coming back. Yeah, everything's good.
3: I know there was some initial pushback to trialing this product from AgWorld <laughs> because they're used to high, high, ES, or high pH irrigation water. Yeah. Um, but it's never going to be a problem with what you're working with for uh, yeah. Hydra. Well, especially
2: you want to run like a 3.5 or a 4UC, like, you know, you're going to start using a ton of,
1: ton of the other shit. So. Yeah. Chris, what is Balance Pro? Uh,
3: potassium carbonate. Yep. Yeah.
1: And, and how did, did that, that won't have any effect that potassium silicate will that because they as both as act as that kind of a buffer and a p in a ph up right yeah but you won't be getting the super stack you know with the balance pro over the balance uh i would
3: still try to find a way to get some silicates into the system you know if you're not going to be running any of the balance so i there's some some other strategies that we i kind of want to discuss with you guys i think in the future about using the two of those in tandem because there's some opportunity there for making them both work
1: together in one stock tank or yeah oh wow they're compatible whoa okay
3: but before we go that deep we're gonna have to try some stuff out i know you're getting excited over there
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know if it'll work with the netaflex because you're still putting potassium silicate.
3: we're gonna have to see
1: oh that's why yeah there you go yeah what about foiler feeding with a silicate if you're using balance pro you think you'll get the same effect and benefits of silicates
3: I would probably go with like a silicic acid product for foliar. Silicic. Yeah.
1: Not not potassium silicate.
3: I wouldn't. Yeah. It's gonna polymerize because you're gonna wanna get the you're gonna wanna get the pH where it needs to be, and then you're just not gonna actually get as much of an effect. So I, I'm I'm a bigger fan of silicates in the root zone, silicic for their foliars.
1: There's been some talk. Could silicates cause black ash in finished product when smoking?
3: No more than any other element that the plant's assimilating. I mean, the plant's full of of minerals. You know, um, there's a lot of work. I'm sure this is going to be a heated topic after this conversation. <laughs> um, this is going to be a fun one. Um, I, I'm personally of the belief that it's how you dry and cure your product. Most of what you're getting for crappy smoke is chlorophyll. You know, you can dry you can dry butt out in a day if you want to and go smoke it. It's going to taste like alfalfa. You know, it's awful. Um, it's it's all about letting the chlorophyll degrade decompose and getting that out of the plant and i mean that's like you know you can grow the best weed ever but if you cure it wrong you just ruin no, you the whole fucked. thing yeah, yeah you ruined it all yeah. so you know that being said there's people that run three c through their whole crop to the last day and they're growing absolute fire so you know ash quality i, I don't know that it matters much on smoke quality um, and then if you look at basically what the predominant minerals are that's going to tell you whether you got white or black ash uh, the tobacco industry has done a lot of work on this and you can go look up and everybody's free to go look it all up. Um, they used to add different minerals to their tobacco products just to make the ash change color. Like
2: ammonia mm-hmm. and shit, you know?
3: Yeah. And they'd add so like certain and bleach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Literally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sure. Why Literally. the hell not, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's work that's out there that's been done and you know how you get certain ashes and it has to do with which minerals are left behind and their oxides. So I, are you going to get specifically black ash from silica? Most likely no. People have been smoking weed that was grown, you know, in the ground, in the earth forever. And it was what people used to say. Oh, it used to be the taste so much better, right? Well, that would have been high in silicates. So is it, was it that or was it that they cured, the, cured their product properly?
0: Perfect answer.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a cure thing entirely. I I'm agree sure. with that. Yeah.
2: I think you could pull a bud out early and dry. Or just dry it completely different, you'd get black ash. Yeah. And then you'd take it proper, slow cure, slow dry, and it would probably
1: have white ash. We should test that. Yeah, we It'd should. Be easy. Yeah. Be easy. Yeah, just te- test it uh, when you're over there.
2: Yeah, we'll like put a mud out and dry it fast in a day or two, you know, like Ugh. leave it in the sun. No, that's gonna taste. You know, it's gonna taste awful. Awful, awful. Be black ash. Yeah, so you're gonna smoke it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah.
3: Thanks a lot. Yeah.
1: Is is does cutting nitrogen out at the end of the cycle have anything to do with white ash?
3: Uh, same answer. Um there's other reasons to cut out nitrogen towards the end of the cycle, you know. That's all for THC concentration, you know, cannabinoid production. That's that's what you're shooting for here, right? Psychoactive compounds. Um less nitrogen at the end definitely is is correlated with an increase in THC concentration. Like period. I mean, you should be doing that anyway.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Moving on to blended and pro line. What makes a nutrient line more stable and cleaner than others?
3: Ingredients, formulation, and, and processing, you know, you kind of got to select all the right stuff in the beginning. You know, you don't want to get a bunch of junk and, and put it in into a bottle or into a bag. Um, and then especially for something like the blended line, you know, a lot of work goes into the actual process of making it into that bottle and stable and getting it out to people. So there's, there's a, list of things that we do to get it there and have it actually be ready for all the growers. Um, you know, and those are some of the differences between blended and pro, you know, pro is you're not going through all that process. So it's separated in a different way, makes it easy for you guys to put into a tank dissolve off. Um, but if you were to bottle that up, it's not going to be stable in the same way as the blended line is. So you can go ahead and do it. It's just gonna, you will know, open it up and there's going to be, you know, things that were growing in there probably. So we, we put a lot of work into having nice stable product for you guys
1: on uh roach what are some tips that you can give a new grower using blended line
2: follow the program i mean it's easy you know literally just follow the program if you're running an unfamiliar strain and if you're a new grower pretty much everything's unfamiliar strain just reduce your variables and then just take a ton of notes it's the only way, you know, you're going to really see what does what, right? I mean, unless you're a genius and you remember every single thing you do every minute of the day, which is, you know, it's impossible for me. Uh, you need to write notes. You need to have data. Even if it's just scratched on a calendar somewhere, you know, this is what happened when I did this, you know, and then you can learn from that. I know back in the day when I was first starting uh, with Jungle Boys, like a long time ago, I had Binders and binders and binders and binders of just fucking shit, you know. Tests yeah. and yeah. strains and what they do. And yeah, some of and the best I
1: always see writing things down. You I have, to. Yeah. I have yeah. to. I
2: have yeah. to. It, I have to. You should. Like, I remember stuff like that. You yeah, know? you
3: should. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that answer. Follow the program to start with. It was, it was developed. Minimize your variables to be simple. That's why it's a two-part AB program in veg. Two-part AP program going into flour and then some additives to, to kind of get the, the different ratios where you want them for your variety. Stick with it. Follow don't, the program. Don't go crazy yet. And, <laughs> like and, wait. And
2: focus on the other shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not all nutrients, you yeah. know, like, it, like that's the start of it, right? That's yeah. the start. If you keep that consistent and clean and, and, and maintain that, work on your climate, work on your pruning techniques, work on your irrigation strategy that that's all information that we've put out and if you start there you're going to be way ahead. Yeah. Then if you listen yeah. to your friend's uncle or the dude at some <laughs> random hydro store that didn't really know what he was talking about, you know.
3: Yeah, walk before you run. Don't don't yeah. grab these things and then go, "You know what? I'm ready to go go cranking up in root zone EC of 8 tomorrow." And yeah, it's like and- just don't do it. Just yeah. give it give it a couple Keep runs. Keep it low. Just yeah. Give yeah. it a couple of runs. Like see how how it works for you. Focus on some of these other things. You know, yeah. if you're so busy worrying about measuring out nutrients all the time, and then your plants are stretching up to your lights and you're out of control. Yeah.
2: Can it be controlled? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Everything. I think it's I think you should be yeah.
3: more focused on that part, honestly, because yep. that'll get out of control, and then you're just chasing down problems for the rest of the crop. Fucking yeah.
2: nutrients made my plants grow into the light.
3: Right. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. No. It, <laughs> It, nobody, nobody wants to admit that those are the bigger problems exactly. at the end of the day, but you nailed it. Yep.
1: Blended versus pro. Why is the blended line a lower EC on a ch- the chart versus pro? And can you feed blended as high as EC as, as pro line?
3: You can. You can feed it as high of an EC. Um, blended was originally crafted, I think, for a little bit smaller, less sophisticated equipment growers. And because of that, we weren't trying to immediately drive you into the, the danger zone, you know, start the other way. If you don't have, you know, moisture content sensors, you're not measuring your output EC. If you're doing some hand watering, you're not collecting a lot of the leachate and analyzing it. You probably don't want to push your ECs really high. You know, take the 90%. You definitely. Of, yeah, not, de- definitely. Not probably. Well, definitely. some people are crazy. Well, I mean, some people are crazy. You never know, Yeah, but you know, take risk, take the 90% yield yeah. instead of trying to get this last squeeze out at every last little drop and risk catastrophe. You know, and I think that's, walk before you run kind of thing yeah. So but if you, you want can, to do that
2: do it on a test yeah
3: exactly test
2: it test I don't know how many plants you have but test like 2% of your garden if that's one plant or 10 plants yeah. you know yeah this goes hand, plants,
3: in, hand in hand with the notes thing yeah. you know like you want to get better take important notes don't just take notes of nothing but take, take notes of relevant data points that you actually have control over and pictures and pictures are good and have an area for testing I think every grow should be designed with some area for experimentation and testing 100% agree with that.
1: Regarding micro elements, are micros more available in a liquid compared to a powder form nutrient?
3: No. They're the, they're the same. You're going to dissolve them. They're going to be the same.
1: Same thing with organics.
3: You don't know what you get in organics. Exactly. You no. get all that byproduct, right? Yeah. Well, and yeah. there's just it's more variable.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's the, that's the biggest problem with, with organics is you, you, you get never, all the byproducts. You can never know what you're yeah. going to get. Yeah.
3: A fish meal. I mean they can do an analysis, but what did those what did the fish they made the fish meal eat? You know, when were they caught? What was their main diet? You know, they're gonna have different compositions, they'll be within spec, but since they're not making claims for what's in there, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, about about why the blended line was released before the pro line? Kind of well, goes I mean, back I mean you just tell the story about the blended line.
3: That's, yeah, I mean it's it had just been worked on for for years, you know, I mean, that was more my, my wheelhouse, like designing for, for research projects and AB systems that made sense because you could basically design for a certain plant, a certain time of its life cycle, um, in a certain environment for certain response. And so best way to do that was for me was very scientific aspect, make a very perfect solution for that one. And then a perfect solution for the bloom phase. And then a couple additives to make sure that you can get cover a few more crops, um, as the growers became bigger and bigger and more sophisticated and had equipment and more and more experience, you can give them fewer parts and they can work with those to cover all their bases. Um, I I think it's a level of, of sophistication and expertise. You know, as you get the tools, you can, you can make more with less.
1: At the end of the day, is there a true difference between many of the salt lines such as, you know, flora Flex, crop salts, and jacks. Is there is there a major difference between our formulation and, and theirs?
3: I don't know that there's major differences, but there's key differences, without a doubt. You know, I, there's, if you look at some of the different ones, so so like HGV, you know, in particular, like they, they write what they have. Ours is distinctly different than that, especially heading into the bloom phase. Um, don't always look at what's on the bag. If you really want to see what's going on, go get yourself a mineral analysis. Dissolve these off, send them to the lab, see what's in there. Um, but there's definitely some key differences. You know, we're, we're running the lowest nitrogen heading into bloom that's possible um, to really keep keep the quality up and the yields up. You know, I don't know where they're selecting their ingredients. I know that, you know, we fight tooth and nail to get the cleanest, best product and consistent product in there. I just can't speak towards what they're doing on that aspect. I think, you know, Jack's, J.R. Peters, they came from kind of a different background. I think they, they like to add dyes to some of their stuff, you know, keep things colorful. I'm um, not really a fan of I hate adding, adding anything. Well, it stains everything. We and tried why, it. Why would you add we dye? We tried it. Yeah.
2: yeah, we're like- yeah.
1: No, we Remember did that? No, Remember Ivan, that? Ivan. You got in big trouble. <laughs> I got in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Ivan, now they can I tell the no. difference between the stock tanks. You got like, one bro, blue one and one- It's and fucking one...
3: pro line. If you don't know the difference, well, don't they're gonna, use it. They're going to know real quick when they <laughs> stick the wrong bag in the wrong reservoir yeah. and they, they got cottage cheese coming out of their stock tank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Dude, Ivan's words are like, bro, if you want to put dyes in your shit, I don't want anything to do with it. Take your nutrients Me back.
3: Me either. I'm <laughs> like- word for word get
1: your dye out of here
3: (laughs) yeah Uh, you should only put in there what the plant wants to use yeah doesn't use dye turns out
1: um see here how we how is athena handling the fertilizer shortage
3: um we're fighting tooth and nail like everybody else but we've got forward contracts looking out two or three years full-time staff dedicated to it um we're in good shape you know we we Made our decisions early on. Saw this coming, you know. Um, Henry's over here hiding in the background, but er, people give Henry what he wants, so he just went over there, you know, and demanded products, and they just gave it to him. <laughs> Strong arm. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Well, he's, he's like
1: six, six, like, three hundred pounds. This guy no.
2: walked through your front door. It's like, all right, bro, take whatever you want, bro. Did I
3: tell you I did MMA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yeah, we have we have a whole team though. You know, it's not just Henry. There's we're fighting, but you know it's it's the same deal. We got, you have to look forward far, far out in the future and, and secure your product, and and we've done that. Yeah, you know, we don't want anybody to run out of their product at all, so we just keep pushing, pushing, pushing.
1: What relation? What relationship, if any, does nitrogen and calcium have in veg and flour?
3: Um, you know, I'll keep hitting on this low nitrogen and bloom thing. You know, there's like I said, that's always good for yield. You really want to make sure you have enough calcium to support whatever growth you're getting however lush it is you know calcium is important in the cell wall just like the silica um, for strengthening up the plant and making sure that it can actually support what's going on everybody everybody trains up and trellises plants at this point but you still need to have stocks that are healthy enough to to support all this Um, so you want tons of calcium you want a strong thick cell wall and if you just have lush plants you're going to have pest problems you're going to have disease problems like just too much nitrogen so keep the calcium high and we always provide you know you want at least more calcium than your nitrogen and Pretty much you can't give too much calcium until you start choking out potassium, magnesium, but that's unlikely to happen. So you, you want to have as much calcium to nitrogen as possible.
1: But nitrogen in the flower phase, we want to taper it down.
3: Yep, yep. And that's if you look at bloom, there's no nitrogen in it, and that's how you can kind of steer how much nitrogen you're getting in comparison to your total EC. Jay,
1: you had a question. You were making stock tank concentrations at 1 to ratios. Mm-hmm and then you have max making stock tank concentrations at 3 to 5 ratio. You yep. want to explain and ask that to Roach or Chris?
0: Yeah, is that just convenience to dialing in your doser system to be able to mix the stock concentrates to what you want to feed on like your 40 60 ratio?
2: Yeah, I would imagine he's doing max is doing I don't know what you're maxing out your ECF, but it seems like max is running a little bit higher on some of his shit, so I think with that you're able to pull in more with less, right? If it's yeah. if it's higher concentrate,
3: I don't. I think this might just be a personal preference thing. Because at the end of the day, if your EC is mean I run out, two and a half, dude. Yeah, two and, and a half pounds. You run two and a half pounds of bloom per gallon. I think. Mm-hmm. So you just watch your tanks go down at different rates. If you're if you're mixing your concentrates at different yeah. strengths, then your con- your tanks go down at equal rates. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. Okay, I'd prefer. I don't want to wanna have. Way. I don't want to have to make you know uh,
2: nine hundred gallons in stock tank in one day. So I'd rather I'd rather it go like oh maybe this week it's you know your core and then the next week it's bloom and then you know a couple weeks later three weeks you know yeah no it takes us about three weeks to go through a three hundred gallon stock tank
3: yeah totally personal preference so for me it was always convenient so we were managing hundreds of fertilizer injectors for research projects and so everything I formulated in the past was always equal tank volumes and that way you could quickly go check if your tanks are going down equally your injectors are working so you could see that they're going down the same so it's harder to to do a quick check on your equipment if they're coming down at different rates because you don't know if one just stopped for a day it might not be noticeable um so that's that's why i mean I like we're that also method. playing
2: around with our ratios know, right now are, too so right. it's like even if we were doing that they'd still go down right and so we're playing with our ratios yeah
3: and, you know? and that's where the personal preference thing comes in you know if you want a quick quick visual reference like henry and i have also talked about this because he has some some uh, ag background here he's on my page i think equal tank volumes watch them go down the same but then if you start tweaking things you're like hey i think i want to up my up my potassium well, and then a little you, bit heading into bloom and you start adjusting one of your injectors you just throw all that out of whack anyway yeah true so
2: yeah i feel like putting 10 bags in this tank and then 15 bags in that tank and then 16 in this one i'm like uh-uh no there are 20 bags in that tank and you're done you yeah. know
3: keeping it simple it's all yeah. personal preference it really it really comes down to it and I then think, have
2: your injectors set up yeah. accordingly you know that's for yeah. me that's what's yeah. easiest you know but i get it looking at you know thousands of gallons of concentrate yeah going to acres yeah you know? i get that
3: yeah when i i also get from the staffing point of view you don't want somebody dissolving off 900 gallons in a day you're gonna be like hey what's going on over there? What have you been doing all day? Yeah. All they're doing is dissolving off your salt. So, yeah. yeah.
1: With the ratio of bloom to core after day 35, have you been playing with that?
0: Yeah. All of us have Dylan. I think Max has been playing with it too. There's Dylan has a lot of Sorry. rooms.
1: You
2: got to do it at least once.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, mitten master, you know, most people know him as mitten master, but Dylan has a lot of room. So he's been playing with that. I know craft farmer has too, just cutting the, the core out. You know making more of like a 30 70 ratio, what do you lowering that nitrogen? And what up are you the guys
1: doing? I mean, what, what is the what is it? 10 I heard I talked to Dylan and he was saying 10% a week is what he's playing with.
0: Yeah, so me this round, you know, I wasn't trying to tweak too much. I only have one room, right? So I get one shot at it. I did 40 60 ratio until day 35, and then I dropped it to a 30 70. And at the last week, I dropped that even more to like a 20 80 ratio.
1: Okay, what's your thoughts on that, Chris?
3: go for it not against it i would say just never cut the core out entirely um, you need that calcium you do need that calcium you know I, if if you if you cut all the calcium out especially in rockwool um you're in cocoa i think you were saying yeah, yeah. so there's a little bit of calcium that's probably going to be stuck in that root zone little no retention. matter what yeah you got cation exchange capacity in cocoa so you'll have a little bit okay um but if you're in Rockwell and you cut all the calcium out you're going to get Dead meristem tissue from no cell walls being formed from no calcium, and now you have wet exposed tissue in the middle of a bud. Well that brings what do you think that turns into?
0: Yeah, I've heard people too also lowering taking out core and putting in CalMAG, you know, putting in that calcium even like as a pre flush, so you don't, you know, hurt that plant or cause botrytis and starve it at the end.
3: I'd just stick with core. Okay. Yeah, because if you're doing if you're doing CalMAG, all the CalMags have um, a little bit of nitrogen in them too yeah um and some of it's coming with the magnesium and some's coming from the calcium Mm -hmm. you can cut all the magnesium out it's going to translocate from other parts in the plant um, but the calcium will not so you want to just get the calcium and the first person we've seen adjusting these ratios was randon top shelf gardens
1: yeah
0: he was the first one doing it. he was cutting core out at like day 40 and his bags are always really nice um so and then everybody saw that and we started talking about (laughs) it and
2: Dude, what Instagram page is that guy on, bro? Like Number eight? Eight, yeah. <laughs> Shout out dude, to the I, homie, though. IG police, bro. He's,
0: keep he does it. it, bro. He's a G, dude. dude he's, he's a cool savage. Yeah. I've,
1: I've helped him get his Instagram account back like three or four times. Yeah. Or, you know, get a new one and get it going again but he he's had to go get his cell phone. Man. He had to go, I mean, yeah. all kinds of stuff, man. Yeah. He's, he's been at it.
3: You guys are all brave getting on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I just lurk. I just lurk. <laughs>
1: what do you, so lowering the, the core later in, after day 35, what do you personally seen? Have you harvested yet?
0: Haven't had enough, you know, testing to really tell. Uh, But, you know, our quality is great right now. I'm going to mimic the same thing I did this round. You know, day 35, I'm going to go to that 30-70 ratio and run it again.
1: Are you testing it, Roach? A little bit.
2: A little bit. I got to see it work like 10 times in a row to
0: be convinced.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
1: there you go. That's the right way to do
3: it. You got to get repeated results. One-offs don't count. Yeah,
2: Nope. It's not like one time you run something, oh my god, was I mean, I but that forty-sixty
0: ratio is real nice. We ran that all the way through. Yeah. You know, Max has ran it all the way through three oh and that is, that is flush and yep. you know, fire. Yeah. So
2: That's what we recommend, you know.
0: Yeah, you don't want to tweak too much, but if you have the rooms, you know, and you wanna push yourself, why not? I, mean, I
2: think a new gardener needs to go out there and start adjusting their <laughs> <Absolutely> core. <not. laughs> no. no. No, please, please don't. don't. Stick with the recommended. We ran, yeah, don't we don't. still run recommended on ninety nine percent of everything. And I'm For not sure. even exaggerating when I say ninety nine percent. Good.
0: Yeah.
1: But we are testing it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, you know, once we do get definitive answer on if we should lower core and after day thirty five or day forty, we'll definitely change our feed program. Yeah. With data oh. though. Yeah. Yeah. With data. And it yeah. could be yeah. strain
3: dependent. This could yeah. be another one of those conditions where not all plants are going to respond the same. That's the hardest Another, part of the whole thing. Isn't yeah. it? But every girl's different. I know. You know, to tend to them, it's very difficult. Yeah. right you know, rush we kind of talk about... So i like taking notes, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes having different plants on the same program help you kind of see what different plants need to and help you isolate and find your problems. So, because they respond differently. You know, if you're running... You guys run hot. You know, with these irrigation schedules, some people are really pushing things. Uh, and it kind of show you what's going on with different crops, whether it's everything problem or just a, a cultivar strain dependent
1: yeah I, I think out of all the nutrient companies athena's changed its feeding program more than <laughs> anybody and we've been in like business for like three years or something yeah but that's what i love about it mm-hmm. i mean we're always i
2: mean dude look tweaking. at how much change in the fucking industry we've seen in the past three years oh probably. my gosh it's, good change it's insa- good change good yeah good change. very
3: good change yeah i think you know from the very first, the day data we availability talking. is just mm-hmm. immense. Bro. Yeah,
2: like just like you were talking on earlier. Like unless, like back in the day, like you know, Ivan was really big on the forums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless you got like an invite into one of those forums, but those were like exclusive. Those were tough to get into. You know, you had to. You had to know somebody and then that person had to vet you and then you had to get in or you could only see like a couple posts if you weren't in in but yeah now it's like fucking hop on Instagram learn how
1: to fucking do anything dude it's well, crazy Well it started
0: with 2EC right that was the heavy feed for proline initially
1: Um I think it was 27 27EC <laughs> was heavy
0: And then was Max doing the testing and that where the 3.0 no, came from
1: No Roach Roach and Ivan Max all of us you know we all we are all testing and you know really, it's just we, we saw better results at the three OEC, I think mo- most everybody, but yeah. I think it's really more 100%. about irrigation strategy and stacking because. You know that's that's where you can run a two EC and run a high stack substrate, it. sure, yep. and run a high substrate EC. Yeah, you know you can do that, but that just takes longer. But
0: then, to then aren't you it. getting into with LEDs and HPS? You know, a lot of people run LEDs now. You know, it's very important to run that three three five EC beginning with LEDs. Correct.
1: Well, that also goes back to it depends on what your EC and your media is because you can still run the two five or. 2.0 EC and maintain a higher EC in a media when you're using LEDs by well,
2: manipulating like shot size mm-hmm. and runoff yeah. amounts and all that shit, but, but then you're just, you're just playing with fire, baby. Because your yeah, core yeah. EC
0: is higher on the, under the LEDs now, right, compared to your HPS rooms?
2: Yeah, but it's more difficult to get there
0: just stacking. Yeah, because yeah. they don't
2: take as many irrigations. So you kind of got to shorten the irrigations to get it to stack. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, we were going up to sometimes as high as like 14 feedings a day. Like it was rare, but like usually like 10 to 12 almost like every HPS to? room and now it's like 8, you know. Okay. Um I don't know. We've done, we've done a bunch of stuff where, you know, we we run, you know, like a 6 or 6 to a 10 substrate seed now. You know, we're playing around with keeping it lower, kind of how we used to, uh, kind of almost running it like more generatively, uh, or I'm sorry, vegetatively. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm running seven in the substrate. I'm trying to for the first three weeks to get that generative cue
2: yeah, 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 just to get those bud mm-hmm. sites popping off. And then yeah.
0: once I stack, because I'm coming out of... Go back to vegetative. Veg with blended my Cory Seasonally 3. Yeah. So that first three weeks, you know, we feed that three five, and we try and get that gen steer up, spike that EC up seven eight. you know, especially with them high drybacks.
2: Do you see any transitional um, effects on, like, leaf when you transition from veg into flower like for the first like seven to ten days no what do you mean no Mm-mm. uh just like a little bit of edge burning no. sometimes when we're pushing our veg plants really hot mm-hmm. uh and then we bring them into flower we'll see a little bit of uh tip burning on them just from that transfer I'm thinking just like really high nitrogen maybe yeah well uh, are,
3: are you seeing it at nights are you getting little build up at the tips of the leaves um, you know, kind of at the serrations, you can sometimes you get a little bit of moisture that gets built no, up overnight. No. Sometimes they can, they can exude a little bit of excess salt there. Got and it. And you can get some tip burn from that just Got locally. It. Yeah. Okay. But maybe it's drying back too hard. Yeah. You know, how far of,
0: of a dry back are you doing, you know, for the first well, three we weeks? A I mean, we don't year?
2: like to go more than like. 30 35 percent yeah really yeah okay Because i mean your fuel capacity will be at like 70 percent when it's fully soaked you mm-hmm. know so if you go down 30 you're at 40 if you go down 35 you're, see, you if you go down you know see
0: we've had a debate about this me and dylan because it's hard to transfer that to somebody else's garden so me mm-hmm. like if i'm at a 60 percent saturation so
2: then you would go and, down yeah
0: but i'm doing a 50 dry back now i'm going from 60 to 30 50% dryback. So 50% if you're using different of sensors. field capacity. Exactly. Because oh, of your sensor, it. Could it be Arroyo. You're, you're seeing an 80%. Or gross sensor. And I'm in Cocoa and I'm seeing 50. Yeah. Well, now you're saying go down 40. It doesn't really translate to me. Once exactly. I'm only reading 40. Exactly. So now I'm going to go down to zero. Exactly. So I do kind of the percentage, you know what I mean? Of so,
2: total field capacity. Yeah.
0: So like for me, gen is 50 to 60% dryback. Yep. And then um, vegetative is like more of like a 40 35%.
2: Got it. Got it.
0: That's what I'm finding. Got you know, in, in talking with Dylan and, and Max, I, you know.
2: I, yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that enough either.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: because they'll tell you to do 35% try back, right? Yeah. Um, and you're like, well, my field capacity is only fucking 50 right well, now because mean, it's towards, you yeah. know, like it's, it's week three right now or whatever, you well, know?
0: I mean, me and Max were collaborating when he first started talking to me beginning of 2021 and, uh, his sensors, he's using Growlink the TDR sensors, okay. fully submerging it in water. It's only getting 50%. Yeah. But some of my arroyas are reading 80. Yeah. So how do we, you know, transfer data appropriately?
2: We've seen also between like GrowSense and Arroyo, Arroyo reads a higher EC for some reason. Especially in the, the same drybacks. fucking cube. Yeah. Same fucking cube. Mm-hmm. You could have a sensor plugged in right next to each other, plug it into the same spot. It, it, mm-hmm. it reads a higher EC. For I,
3: I think it's important whenever you are reporting results and, and talking about these things to mention the equipment you're using. Of course. You know, I think that's that's standard scientific research is what Mm -hmm. are all the pieces of equipment that you're using because this could be a very different conversation you know you're talking about relative dryback versus absolute dryback yes and those are those are huge differences obviously you can't go from 40 to zero but you can Uh -uh. drop from a you know 40 percent of your half you know of your 50 is a totally different number Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i think it's critical that we start all using the same language yeah you know and especially reporting on the equipment so that we can get consistent consistent results because they're going to behave differently yep 100 percent
1: Roach, when making a batch tank that lasts for days or even weeks, how often sh- how often do you guys agitate your guys' batch tanks or even at all?
2: It's just running on the agitation program through the Netaflex, just like a little like 120 to 24 volt little contactor. Um, and I think it's on for like, when it's not active, it's on for like 15 minutes off for 10. And then when it is active, it's on for like 30 and then off for 30, I think. So like if it's if it's like fertigating and making nutrients it'll turn on for 30 minutes then it'll turn off. Interesting. Yeah, but if it's right. if it's not it's just on for 10.
1: With with Athena on, do you think it's really necessary to agitate your batch tanks, you know, daily or
3: once it's all dissolved, which in the beginning people think it's all dissolved, but if you go let it sit for a second it's probably not all the way dissolved, it takes a little bit of time cuz the elements that are in there. Once it's all dissolved, every drip is identical to the next one. Like it's That's the beauty of an ionic solution. Everything that's in there and stable and dissolved is going to stay that way. You know, it's not like it's going to settle out. Think of the ocean. It's not like the salt just falls out. Yeah, there's no fallout. Right. Yeah, Yeah, there's no fallout. So generally, you're agitating just to make sure that the top of the tank stays clean and clear. You know, a little bit of agitation to keep things moving. Even with blended, with like having CalMag in there, you would, you know, suggest agitating it? I don't think you need to, personally. You know, I...
2: Depends how fast you're running through the tank, too. If this tank is sitting
3: for two weeks... Let's say three days... You don't need to it. Once it's fully dissolved, you don't need to agitate it. Just (laughs) of the hundreds of different stock tanks that we used to run in the research environment, zero were agitated. It was fully dissolved, fully blended off. And this is going to sound awful, but certain ones uh, with certain key lights, they're more prone to basically fungal growth on top of them because the key lights break down and they provide carbon for it. Um, Some of those would grow things on top of them, but it doesn't change the mineral composition and whatever's on there can't live in that condition and also go live in your plant you know it's a hyper saline environment they're two totally different things so I, that's the main reason to agitate is if it's going to last a long time keep things turning over stop things from growing in the tanks okay. But three days let it yeah. rip and it stock concentrate are you agitating that can that you know you need to agitate stack no stock concentrate oh, sorry no you you're good if they're all fully dissolved you should be fine it comes down to how long, how long are you you're storing it? It? a couple it. months would you I'd, say? I'd agitate it every now and then just yeah. to stop it from getting anything colonizing on the top. Okay. So, I mean, you're you're putting together something that has components for life, so eventually something's going to find its way on there and, and want to start growing. So, But once it's fully dissolved, it's all the same. You know, that's why you're dissolving it off. Otherwise, just why wouldn't you go spoon it into your pots, kill them all off?
1: <laughs> Chris, can you flush for too long and cause petritus?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You want to keep calcium coming. So I think botrytis is, you know, it's a huge problem. You know, you get it already, you know, with the LEDs get it all the time. especially I, I kind of wanted to talk about that. And we kind of moved along, um, lower transpiration rates with these LEDs. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely calcium is passively uptaken through the system. So you actually need mass flow through a plant, actual water absorption. Um, if you start cutting back too much core in an LED room or your humidity stay high enough that you really have super low transpiration, you're going to start running into some issues. 'cause you're not getting enough transpiration through the plant. So tapering this cold. Even if you are negative. feeding.
2: Even if even if you are feeding correctly, yeah, if the plant's like, th- you can still get botrytis. For so, sure. Yeah.
3: For sure. And so you wanna yeah. you want to minimize those chances. So if you're in a really you know, if you're in a cool temperature, fairly high humidity, you know, even if the light intensity is high under these LEDs, um, don't start cutting back the corn too soon. You're going to run into problems. You're just not going to have enough calcium in the system. Um, And you can also, if you, if your plants can handle it, you can drop the humidity a little bit. If you're still getting what you want out of it to get a little bit more transpiration through there, uh, to, to help a little bit from that botrytis. I know it's a fine line to walk for how dry do you want your room and quality, but with these LEDs, if you want more transpiration, you want a little bit more, more fluid flowing through the system. You can drop, drop the, uh, the humidity a little bit,
2: yeah. And in these rooms that we've been retrofitting uh, from HPS to LED, we're having to add dehumidification in those rooms. Oh yeah, yeah.
3: I bet you, I bet it <laughs> gets yeah. uncomfortable in there. Like it's just going to ramp up fast.
2: I mean, yeah. If you don't, have, if you don't have yeah. the capacity, or yeah. you're at the same capacity that you were at for an HPS room, and it worked off, it worked, you know.
3: But yeah,
2: you definitely have to add in.
3: Yeah, I mean, they'll stop drinking. I mean, everybody's seen it under those LEDs. It'll just Pots never dry up, yep. you know. You're gonna start getting some calcium deficiency in there of those those conditions.
1: Roach, how do you flush? How are you guys flushing?
2: I mean, do back in the day we used to do two week flush. As long as your as long as your uh, environment was on point, um, you would very rarely see it. You'd very rarely see botrytis, right? As long as your cure's good. Um, now we're going like. So, what do you consider a flush, right? Because we're kind of dropping our EC around like week eight, but it's not like a flush. We're like cutting it in half, right? So, Mm -hmm. we're going to like maybe a one and a half or a 1.0 or a 0.7, you know, we've messed with all kinds of stuff.
1: What we put on the proline chart. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. how you guys are flushing. Exactly. Yeah. That's because that was the recent change. The most recent change we mm-hmm. made on the pro line chart yep. was the new flushing technique yep. that you guys are using. Yes. And that's, we're always updating it. Yeah. It's pretty much,
2: you know, beginning to midweek eight, you know, you're going to go down to a one to a one and a half, you know, dependent. And then, uh, and then maybe the last couple of days, two, three days, splash it with some RL, just make yourself feel better, you know,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> feel like you're doing it the old way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What are uh, signs to look at plant morphology if the humidity is too high at night?
2: I mean, I know you will get like a little bit of burning, right? Yeah. Because you'll have some moisture on those leaves like over the
3: night, and then the lights turn on, you'll get a little burning on them. You get a little bit of that just tip burn, right? Where, you you know, if you start seeing the accumulation of liquid, if you first go in the room and there's tiny little droplets in the leaves, you know, you're... Too high,
2: or inside the canopy.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. In those little microclimates. Uh. And then other than that, I mean, I, th- I, I know this humidity high c- is probably from a few things, right? You're probably irrigating too often, right? You're either keeping your your substrate EC high because that's where a lot of the humidity is coming from in these rooms, right? It's when you're feeding your plants, right? So, I've seen uh before, like in a high humid environment, where the plant will almost do like a vegetative like little like spurt at the top right it'll like shoot out a little stem right or a little leaf it'll See come that. up yeah and that's keeping your shit too wet right and 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 then i think that also ties into the humidity at night but to say like oh high humidity at night causes this directly uh you know
0: causes pm
2: maybe yeah, yeah <laughs> no shit God, I think, every yeah. time yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's not morphology that's disease <laughs> yep yeah
1: you, I think this is one of your questions Mobile uh, best way to avoid bud rot while growing monster nugs <laughs>
2: That
0: was not my question. This is actually something I inform the community about like oh, quite a lot. the
1: questions that you got? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, so you know, I've been growing with LED since the beginning and I've been dealing with bud rot and it's basically coming down to, you know, doing an appropriate taper, not doing a flush for two weeks. Obviously, it depends on your pot size but it's getting humidity down. The last three, four weeks, getting it down to 40, 35% and we're seeing, you know, if you feed 100 gallons, you need minimum 800 pints of dehumidification but if you're growing Monsters, you almost need double. So, like Roach is talking, and you know, retrofitting the HPS rooms, you need a ton of dehumidification now um, for these LEDs, and they just hit on a different level. If you're pushing over a thousand par, you're gonna have issues if your shit's not controlled. Yeah, and then you have to break down every nug all the way to the tip, you yeah. know, that's another big thing for like the caregiver market out by me, you know, if we're giving cannabis to our patients you don't want them to have you know bud rot inside of it so it's upon you the grower to make sure everything's clean once it gets out
1: yep tips and tricks for cloning which is better to uh, grow uh, what is, which is better to start from clone or seed I mean obviously clone is
2: I mean what's your motive what are you trying yeah. to do bro? are you trying to grow some shit everyone else got or are you trying to like find some new shit you know because if you're trying to find some new bomb shit you pop seed you're just trying to run like production clone right
3: i got a different look on this from the disease aspect here i think shoot it i think uh tissue culture is going to be kind of the future here you know a lot of other plant industries have a uh, tissue culture cleaning of disease certification programs. so you make clean stock you send it off to a certified nursery and they send out clean clones and you know what you're getting disease free um i think there's going to be some of that in the future um, and then seed. You got to have cleaning protocol. You're right. You're never going to get a new plant without a without a seed. You know, you're not not going to get that. So, yep. go from there. Find the one you want. Get your fire. Bring it back into tissue culture. Back into the lab. Make sure it's fully clean, certified program, and you can send out certified clean clones.
1: You're you you guys do a lot of tissue culture at Jungle Boys, and you were growing there before you were doing tissue culture, right? Are you? What are the biggest difference you're seeing in total overall plant? growth characteristics and health with TC
2: I mean just the fact knowing that all the cuts that are coming uh, to all the facilities out there in LA from the nursery uh, Walt and Mike over there um, that is their area of expertise uh, cloning tissue culture um, I think just having that in the back of your head that all those moms came from TC right because people think like Oh, all their plans are TC, right? It's not the case, right? It would that would be impossible, right? To scale, Crazy. right? Crazy. You basically have to, you know, bring out a fully clean tissue culture meristem plant, right? I know they went over this a little bit, and then you mom that out, and then you're starting fresh right away, you know. Um, but uh, benefits, I mean there's a lot dude you know like we had a bunch of old strains right when we uh fire that up that you know ivan's had for you know 15 20 years whatever um and then when you clean them up you can see what's coming out of these fucking things yeah they've had yeah
3: disease probably there's a lot of yeah. different things going on yeah they've, they've been around
2: for fucking ever yeah. you know so they collect little things along the way
3: yeah definitely yeah. Yeah. it is the future you know you're talking about a lot of the changes over the last few years this one's where it's going to be going, you know, proper breeding, definitely in the cards, you know, for disease resistance, pest resistance, and then certified clean stock. What do you
2: think about CRISPR? I know this is like complete fucking curveball, but like, I've seen like some of this shit going around. I've talked to a few people like at NetFM and stuff about it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on, on modified genetically modified, uh, crops? Hmm. I'm
3: generally because it's, pro- it's coming CRISPR. to cannabis yep.
2: it's, it's it's coming to cannabis well, you said you know tissue culture is the future so I'm like yo what about CRISPR then because yep. that shit's the fucking future
3: it's happening I mean I was
2: there mold was the- resistant pest resistant plants you know like yeah.
1: we just had this podcast the last podcast with TASA yep. did you listen to it I did I didn't yep.
2: get all the way through it
1: but I did listen
2: to like the first 20 minutes of it
1: yeah yeah, she had. Uh, we talked a little bit about CRISPR and and what they're doing. I think she said there's like 80 different genes that they found that were PM they resistant. Can, yeah, that
2: they can splice into yeah. the yes. DNA. Yeah, wow. Gene. Yeah. and
3: yeah. I think it'll be a benefit ultimately. You're using cannabis genes and putting them in cannabis, so you're not really you're not taking you know not, corn. Right. Exactly. And and or you know they use for the. The freeze resistance in plants back in the day I was like, "Oh, they took a fish gene or something you it know, yeah. freaked everybody out. Nobody's yeah. eating that just for the record. but um, I, I think it'll be huge. you know you want people to spray less pesticides, you know, and have a healthier crop and you want to be able to have people smoking this. We should look at other avenues that are that are available to us than just no, no CRISPR. I mean, you're putting a, you're putting a cannabis gene back in it. You can spend decades breeding to get that gene in there, or you can identify, isolate and reinsert it into a plant. You know, I, th- I think it's going to happen.
1: Already way. happening. You know, there's,
3: yeah. um, there's Emerald Conference was you know kind of down down south here in a couple weeks back, and there was a group that actually made some stable GMO cannabis plants. So a lot of them, um, they're not necessarily carried on through seed, uh, and they actually made stable ones. And they had a fluoroprotein in it. And so clone they making, only, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. right now it's kind of clone only, but they were able to actually get a stable stable gene into a plant and have seed carried through so it's moving forward you know and that'd be it's happening it already exists in other industries now it's just a matter of where it comes in cannabis
2: see what the next three years brings us right Yeah, that's pretty crazy it's gonna be crazy for sure
3: yeah i mean if you could get a plant that had a cannabis gene in it that stopped you can get a powdery mildew would you just automatically say no just because it was from CRISPR? what if you couldn't test that it was from CRISPR? because most CRISPR plants can't test after it's been made because the genes are already matching Cannabis genes, so you wouldn't even know. Somebody yep. could claim that it was a traditional breeding program. Already, How would you know?
2: Kind of already genetically modifying it just by doing selective breeding. Right. Right? That is genetic yeah, modification. Yeah, that's exactly what it yes, is. You, you know? just happen to be doing you're it. You're just in a not. Lab. You're just not doing it synthetically, right? Yeah. Like literally taking cells and.
3: Yeah. yeah, and if you can't tell the difference, and somebody said they got it through traditional breeding, would anybody be the wiser? Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. What's up, bud? I never. You got some questions?
0: Yeah, so I think a lot of people- finally, bro, ask <laughs> this guy has some questions. Yeah, yeah. point the, the camera on him. Yeah, right. Put the camera there's on him. There's
1: a there's a reason why I'm <laughs> never the cameras never pointed at me.
0: Yeah, at home we call you Bill Belichick.
1: <laughs> for putting this team together,
0: yeah. uh, but I know a lot of people want to know how you met Ivan and how Athena started, and you know the beginning of all this.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so running a hydro shop, you know, I always wanted to get the Jungle Boy account and sell him hydro equipment worked hard at that and uh we started doing business together and uh selling hydro equipment to jungle boys and then i went down i think you guys were at 17th street or something and i went walked into ivan's office with a de 1000 and uh was like hey i can make a better light than than the gavita than what you're using now you know and he was like all right you know show me you know so we hung some and uh sat in the office at TLC with Roach and designed the Lux DE-1000 Roach, Ivan, and myself and designed pretty much the, I personally think the best double-ended light that's ever coming into existence. Would you concur with that? It's my baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it really all started with Lux and designing that DE-1000. Still D-1000. got a ton of them.
2: Still got a ton of them. Bro. Yeah,
1: they crush I fucking love those They things. pull a half pound more per light. Uh, over any other double ended on the market. I mean, it just is what it is. those are yeah. facts yeah and at the time, you know Ivan and Roach were using another nutrient line and what i what I really saw was that Ivan called me up after we created a light that was just sick. and I think Ivan wanted to create a nutrient line that he could control because obviously his whole livelihood, has to do with what he's feeding the plants. You agree with that, Roach? Yeah, I mean, it's what we live and breathe, bro. Step you one. Yeah. Step one, you know? So what do plants need? Yeah. Lights and nutrients. But I think more than anything, it was something that he could control and not have some small nutrient company just throw some random formula change or do something that he didn't really want in his garden. And yeah, because
2: it happened.
1: It did. It, yeah. Yeah. it happened and we were sick of it yeah so so that's when <laughs> <laughs> so that's when to uh, be blunt <laughs> yeah exactly so uh you know we we ended up getting chris duran involved ivan called chris and Lacey and came down and uh, chris duran had the formulation of the blended line already that he had formulated and we went to work on pro line and that's when you know, you have that eureka moment when you're working with, you know, somebody like Chris, you know, UC Davis, you know, director of greenhouse research, this and that, and you're using a two part formula and you've been using, you know, I was personally a canna guy, you know, I was, I was canna through and through. You couldn't get me off of it. I, that was my line. I, I would only use canna. Um, but then you, you know, Chris Duran gives you a two part you know powder formula or or two part in general and you go and you crush and grow the best weed you ever have you're like holy shit
3: yeah simple
1: i think the better question was how did uh
2: i meet brandon
1: no <laughs> we'll do that oh, okay. how, how did we we'll, we'll, we'll
2: do that in another
1: podcast no. bro. <laughs> you brought it up bro we already down this path. yeah let's hear it yeah how did oh, we,
2: what did we what conference was down in vegas i was uh because i was already like talking to you guys right we were already ordering hydro shit from you but i had never met you yeah right so i stumble into some some conference in vegas it wasn't mj bizcon it was like before something yeah it was was the smaller one one. yeah i'm like walking around checking everything out and stumble across this guy see that they had the hydro hydroponics ink shirts on i'm like what's up (laughs) motherfucker like you know and uh yeah rest is history bro it's a good night. It was
3: a
1: good night, Roach and I.
3: <laughs> yeah, all the details are going to be more interesting. Yeah, yeah, off this yeah. podcast, yeah, for sure, yeah.
1: definitely. But no, it just kind of started with you know Ivan wanted to create a nutrient line that he had uh, full control over, and that we could do R and D and testing in his facilities and create something that we're not trying to push another bottle on someone or sell them another product. We're actually taking bottles away selling them less product and creating success. And, um, that's why we continue to always, you know, change and adjust because, you know, having access to people like Roach and the team at jungle boys, Walt, you know, one hundreds, uh, you know, Debo, all the guys down there and getting feedback on multiple facilities of what we're seeing with different formulations and changing and doing the R and D is really what makes Athena, Athena. And we're always working, you know? So, it's uh, it's a special, it's a it's a special team for sure.
0: Nobody else in the industry is coming close, in my opinion, to what you guys are doing. Thanks, brother. And we that leads that. to the question of the facility advisors. You know, what made you, you know, who who came up with pu- putting together a, a team of killers? You know, to go out there and show people how to use your product. You know, I think it adds great value.
1: You know, it's cool. It started with uh, Alex up in Truckee. You know, I uh, had a customer and in Sacramento and Alex and I was, were homies all the way down here in Southern California. And he was taking the, the two part formula that we were getting from Chris and we're working with jungle boys on and he was taking it and I was giving it to him. I was like, Hey, try this out. Tell me what you think while I'm running it. He's running it. And he's just coming back like, bro, it keeps getting better. Like I was like, dude, there's a new formulation. Here it is. Here's the new two part. Check this out. And he's just like coming back. He's like, Oh my God, I can't, bro, I'm blown away right now. Like, and he just keeps coming back. So he ended up, you know, moving from down South, moved up uh, to Truckee and Athena had launched and I had a customer in in Sacramento that needed some help that was having some hard times uh, using ProLine because he's feeding at two EC and not really stacking. So he needed to really up it because there's that adjustment when you're, when you go to this two part and it's super balanced, you got to really feed at a higher EC. So Alex went down there, helped him out, the guy called me like two or three weeks later, he's like, best run I've ever best, you know, everything's perfect, really appreciate you. And I called Alex, I was like, Dude, we should, you know, start this, you know, we should call it, call a facility advisor, and, and have have, you know, you girl around help everybody up north, and, you know, we'll figure something out. So we started on that. But really, what I think that built such a a great team of killers and why we have such amazing cultivators on the team especially that the FA team mm-hmm. is because the same reason why I'm so passionate about Athena when you Get a two-part formula after 15 years of being fed all this stuff about how you need all these different inputs and all these you know 15 bottles and you need to spend all this money and the more money you spend on nutrients the better it's gonna be and and you just go in the hydro shop not all of them but some of them and you get pushed on all this stuff and you take a two-part powder and you grow the best weed you've ever grown in your You're life. Pissed. <laughs> you're yeah. fucking
2: mad like <laughs> what the fuck did I waste all that time for and money you're exactly pissed. True. you're yeah. pissed
1: so you're- what happens at that point the same thing that happened with Alex and the same thing that happened with me realization you're like oh my god
2: yeah this is it yeah,
1: yeah. like I, I, we found it I, yeah and then when you get that right all the all the guys on the team Max Dylan JJ um, all these guys that have been growing weed for a long, long time, you know, you give them this two-part, you give them a bottle of cleanse, and you say, go for you it. Cut them loose. And then they're like, they come back to you, and they're like, holy shit, bro. Like, we have to share this. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to get this out. Like, we got to show people that they don't need all this other stuff. You know, they could do it with this two-part and cleanse. Like, that's all they need.
2: That's just how people are, though. If you find something that you like, you're going to tell people that you like about it, you're going to be like, oh dude, I just got these new shoes, they're sick, you should their yeah, they're dope, exactly. you know, have you seen these, they're sick, you know, like you're yeah. going to tell people about it, yeah. just naturally. You yeah, know?
1: exactly. Yeah. And that's what the that's what happens, and that's what happened, that's how we got such killers on the team, because these guys are believers. You know, Dylan gets hit up all the time, you know, Mitten Master gets hit up all the time to go work for other nutrient companies, go work for other hydro companies, Probably for more money than we pay him, you know, but he won't because he believes in what he's doing every day when you believe in what you're doing every day and you go to work and you're changing growers lives one by one. It's rewarding, and bro. It's extremely rewarding. Yeah. You can't put a price on that.
0: Period. It you does personally helped so many people, me Thanks, included, man. like and my little homies. Like you've Thanks, done really. more for us than anybody ever has.
1: appreciate you.
0: No, really. And Thank then you. once we do see the belief now it's like this team family thing and it's just full steam ahead. Yep. You know, and then now a lot of people too are copying your blueprint. You yeah. know, a lot of people are putting facility advisors out there and yeah. you know, you got you're at the top of the hill, so
1: I, Well, I, you know what? People you would think that i'd get upset about that you know i'm not i think i think if we're promoting good industry knowledge it's what's good for the community if they want to copy our products if they want to have people that you know create facility advisors that go help other cultivators be successful stoked go do it you should do it more
0: you're way ahead of the trend though so i don't think you have to worry about that you know you're getting everybody stuck behind you
1: appreciate you thank you you and
0: then they look up at you <laughs> and you know it's hard for them not to be salty because yeah. you guys came in here. You know I was in the grocery store not long ago and I was telling them about Lux lights and they thought they were truck lights. They had no idea. Yeah. You know Ortho they had no idea. And I told them like the wave from California is coming. And it's gonna crash on your fucking head. And yeah. it did. Yeah. You know it took a couple of years, but now it's just it's everywhere. Yeah. You know and people are crushing. It's so simple. You know thanks to Chris and simple. you know everything he does like blended for me. I've never had better results. I'm five mils Kelmag, eleven A B, no runoff perfect every time every leaf green yeah. going to my veg it's no spotless runoff. no runoff Ballsy. it's so forgiving <laughs> for me with the liquid nutrients so it works for me yeah you know and I tell people what works for me you know so um, but immaculate moms and cuts and that's what I do so yeah um, but the next question is are you going to follow the jungle boys to Florida you know uh, you know the whole you know team or are you guys just going to set something up out there
1: so I bought a house in Florida um, a lot of the the, the management team, you know, is moving to Florida. Um, there'll be some presence out here in California. Um, we are rolling up a new warehouse there um, just because Ivan is going there and, and there's going to be a presence there that, you know, Athena, you know, we thought about it a lot and Athena should be there. You know, if, if Jungle Boys is going to be there, we need to be there. Um, and we really want to get better at servicing the East Coast um, faster shipping time, more support. Um, the East coast is coming online. Mm-hmm. We've got a pretty good foothold on the West coast and we, we could always be doing better. Um, but we definitely need more support and, and, and more energy on the East coast. So yeah, we'll, we'll be out there in Florida, um, with Roach and all the boys.
0: That's exciting news. I guess the last one for me, for you is, um, the remaining international events for Athena? You know, you guys just went to Spain. Do you have any more plan for this year for the team?
1: Yeah. I think we're doing something in the UK pretty soon. Um, and I then, miss
2: Spain. I was so bad. I heard. I, <laughs> I was, hurt, doing, I I was hurt. I didn't, I didn't go either. Next yeah. I had,
1: sense. I had my grandma celebration of life, no. so I couldn't make it. Mm. All right. You know, so yeah, we stayed. Yeah. So we got to work. Now it's pretty cool to, you know, I never really get asked a lot of questions. So, yeah, you know, let's do this
2: more. <laughs> flip, <laughs> yeah. Flip. yeah, let's flip it. <laughs> yeah, flip. I'm flip it sitting more. there next time. You're sitting here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> camera
3: on you, and I'm just gonna ask you your life story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, just, mm-hmm. just side profile. You're gonna get the hot seat at the end.
2: Yeah. You guys are. all We all do kind of need a life story from you, though, because it's pretty epic. Mm. Yeah. You gave us a little touch of it, but you need to really like go into it. Oh man, I think it's dope. Let me
1: go that deep. Yeah. Ivan's is more interesting. Yeah. So there's some specific questions from you for you, Jay, that we got mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, which was just super cool? Um, uh, this is, uh, who are your top five cultivators that motivate you?
0: So Roach and the jungle boys is definitely Stop. one. <laughs> no, coming up <laughs> on YouTube, had, had teaching myself how to grow. Those guys were crushing it, you know, seeing yeah. burner and seeing just the whole, you know, the whole crew. So jungle boys is definitely one. Uh, Dylan is another Dylan and Max. Uh, Max was my first mentor, you know, getting on Instagram and seeing him crush, and and spread information so i kind of carried that torch you know what i mean and started um, passing on information to growers all he told me was how clone tech and that meant the world to me now my clones are booming yeah so max was definitely my biggest influence the only person i would call my mentor um dylan and then um dylan's consistency even if he has problems he gets shit done you know he gets it in flower and he gets results that's you know my motivation for dylan a couple more what is that three or four yeah um, craft farmer, most recently, you know, he's also on the Athena team now. He teaches me how to navigate myself through this, like being confident and, uh, being myself and, you know, the whole cut the check mentality and all he's that. He's got, like,
1: craft <laughs> farmer's got more confidence than all of us put together. Oh, that's good. But he's a But I'm typically the like
0: quiet guy. Yeah, So yeah, he it. rubs off on me, he takes it's me good. under his wing. He actually wants to fly me up to uh, Santa Rosa after cut this, which check. I cannot, but, um, so he's becoming a big inspiration. Um. Uh, learning from him and then would just be my best friend uh, Brett the chromatic cultivation. He actually helped me get him on athena he grows fire, you know in the basement and uh, He kills it bro quality next level and it pushes me like damn bro. I gotta gotta up my game, you know um, But those would be my biggest motivators But yeah, definitely roach over here is one of them and it's funny Everybody I named is on the athena team is under the That's umbrella crazy. every single person. That's crazy. So, That's mm-hmm, pretty cool mm-hmm.
1: Favorite strange you've ever grown
0: my super boof that's super superboof, it's crazy, bro. It just it's just a monster. Dude, test that 30, yields a ton.
1: Where'd it come from?
0: Uh, it came from my buddy out here in California that did a breeding, you know, a small breeding, and it got the name Superboof because we didn't think it was gonna be anything good. <laughs> so we we're like, oh, it's gonna be boof, and it turned out to be good. We're like, bro, it's super boof. <laughs> kind of corny. Um, but yeah, that's my favorite. It's so resilient, bro. You throw a truck at her and she'll go.
1: What the, what was the cross?
0: Uh, It's Black Cherry Punch to Tropicana Cookies, which not a lot of people like the Trap Turp. You know what I mean? Some people hate on the Trap Turp, but uh, she's got a unique profile for herself. You know, Grapefruit, but just as far as growing, man. I mean, day 32, she looks like she's ready to cut down sometimes.
1: Yeah, I've seen uh, you stacked all the way. She's stacked heavy.
0: I got her to the king over here, so we'll see what he does with it.
1: You got he gave it to him? Uh-oh.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh oh
1: Oh no I, I had to ask Uh-oh. him, I was no like, What's way. up
2: with that, bro? Like that's <laughs> no just stupid. No yeah, when Dylan came out, I was asking him about it, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, yeah. I'll talk to him, bro. You know. <laughs> uh-huh. So
0: now too, like anything I find, like I'm doing a sixty plant hunt right now. Anything I find, I'll send it to the boys, man. You know Dude, what I mean? That's sick. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, of course I, I wanna see what you guys could do. But they only want yeah. the
0: best, so it's you know, gotta be vetted, it's got to test high, and you know, it's gotta be the whole package.
2: Check all the boxes, as we say, right? Mm-hmm. You Kinda guys have so much.
0: I mean, what is a 500 train library? It's incredible. Yeah, it's, a, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Talk about inspiration and motivation. Hard to keep up. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Tissue culture helps a lot with that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Storage. Yeah. Like immensely. That's yeah. like why we did it, you know, mainly. Put
3: it, put it here. Yeah, it's a huge benefit. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can exactly. keep them stable for a long time in a petri dish.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Advice you would give a first time cultivator? So we kind
0: of covered that. I think it's getting on Instagram, you know, exposing yourself to the industry correctly, not having your uncle teach you bad practice. You know what I mean? Getting on Instagram, exposing yourself and learning, finding genetics, not having to hunt everything from seed. Get a consultation. It'll save you tons at the end. You think a thousand's a lot now, but I'm going to teach you a lot in that one hour, just how to irrigate your plants properly in your environment. So get on Instagram and that's when everything changed for me. So that's the best advice I could give.
2: And a lot of that shit, you know, like, you know, I don't want to pay a consultant and tell me how to irrigate my crop when you could just go on Instagram and get it for free, bro.
0: yeah that's what you guys provided yeah especially recently with that new updated irrigation strategy sheet Mm -hmm. so simple and how you guys did that very professional i love it
1: yeah we worked on that for what two months too long too long we worked on that that chart for months yeah taylor was on my
2: ass on that one (laughs) all right you know a lot of people need that yeah no we do And, and and that to, 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 to go into it, how we we all do things together. That was done in a massive group text with all the facility advisors. Like, you know, I think we should make this small change here. What do you think about wording it this way? Cause it, it's kind of touchy how mm-hmm. you, you know, yeah. to explain it without. And you
0: guys hit it on the head, even with
2: the core ECs
0: and then yeah. just all the P1s, P2s, P3s, you know, it's very uh, helpful for people out there. Just yeah. be able to go to the Athena website and, you know. That thing's great. Yeah. it really Max, is great. Max did a lot of work on that mm-hmm. yeah it's funny we were working Max on that in the beginning of 21 I mean he was but we were yeah. collaborating with figuring out dry backs and yeah. dry downs and what to do in between And um, so it's cool to see it come you know this far and be put out there now
1: yeah really it's, cool it's funny because you know one instagram post about irrigation strategy you don't know the countless hours and months and not only the years of knowledge that went into that (laughs) one instagram and i'm always super cautious you're giving it to him for free yeah you know what i mean i'm always super cautious. you don't have to buy
0: athena to get it it's on our website bro go go crush
1: the biggest biggest false statement you've ever heard about athena
0: the no terp stuff you know what I mean? Athena, uh, cleanse kills terps and it creates a terpless product. I've seen plenty of fire Athena packs, the most fire. So, yeah. People are going to hate when you're on top, right? Yeah. If you guys weren't selling nutrients, nobody would hate on you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't uh, be talked about too much. What was the biggest struggle to overcome? What was the biggest struggle to overcome uh, growing up to your career?
0: Just finding the proper information again on how to grow, you know, having no mentor going into this, <laughs> trying to figure out what calmag is, you know, going to the grocery store they put you on G H don't even tell you what calmag is. That was the hardest part for me to overcome. So I taught myself on Reddit and YouTube, you know, and then went on Instagram and then my whole life changed. You know, somebody on Reddit was like, "If you're not on Instagram following breeders, you don't know what you're doing." So I got on Instagram and my whole life, you know, everything changed. I knew I had to have a sealed room. I didn't know what that was when I started. Yeah, you know, so that was the biggest thing for me to overcome is just finding the uh, proper knowledge.
1: And I think weeding through the proper knowledge—oh, there's so (laughs)
0: much bro science. Especially you're on Reddit and everybody's telling you this stuff they do, and it's just like, oh my god! Now you got to weed through that by yourself and then trial it. So it's just it's just a pain
2: in the ass. You got to use bat guano for sure. Uh, You need bat guano, you know, definitely on Reddit. Yeah, (laughs) that's what's happening.
0: And I had to hunt everything from seed myself, so I didn't have no clones. You know, so everything that's the best, seed though,
2: that's the best. Dude. And that's, that's what made my
0: name, like, Sea Junkie would repost me, in-house genetics would repost me, and then people wanted my genetics, they didn't have it. So then I started trading and it started becoming this crazy, this crazy thing that it is now, and now I'm here.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. hmm Now, when, uh, we, w- going back to weeding through the information, even when we first started talking, You know, I was like, I think you are. You still using five gallon pots?
0: No, we're in two gallon.
1: You're in two gallon. Mm -hmm. But when we first started talking, you were on five gallon pots. You're adding a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. We won't go into details, but you're adding a bunch of stuff to the Athena line. And I kept telling you, hey, smaller pot. You know, cut it back just to the two part Athena Pro line. Don't add anything. You know, uh, monitor your irrigation strategy. Monitor EC in your in your in your cocoa, and and you'd kind of like all right cool like and it, it took uh, literally like six months before you did a full run i think of just pure athena because mm-hmm. there's just so much other information coming at you
0: <laughs> well i'm also you know running a new product and i only have one shot this feeds my family you know and yeah. plenty of other people so i can't risk everything on a run even though if you're telling me and i see you know that it works through other people i got to be careful on how i put it in my garden
2: I respect and that. everybody has that in the back of their head, no matter mm-hmm. no yeah. matter what. If you don't, you're
0: but then, careless. But then, when I see the results, and I'm a believer, things change. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So now I believe. Oh my God, we don't have to buy seven bottles, bro. Believe
1: <laughs> nothing of what you say and half of what you see, bro. You know. Mm. Mm-hmm. How's the two pot, who, How's the two gallon pots treating you compared to your fives?
0: Well, I mean, it's all the same to me. You know, yeah. what I mean, when we were hand watering, it's just basically mimicking a P1, P2, P3. Big saturation, slow dry down to where in the morning we fully saturate again. Yeah. Um, So uh, going down to a two gallon, you know, we're running 4.3s. And um, I don't see much of a difference in quality. You know what I mean? Um, We're pretty good at our hand watering tech. We dialed it in. uh, But, you know, it's definitely nice not to have water every day, you know?
1: What's a good strategy to pick the next new strain before the wave?
0: Well, either you got to make it or you just hunt and find it. I don't know. That's a tough question. Tell them the future.
2: I think OG is coming back. It is. OG is coming coming I mean, OG never left because real smokers really only smoke OG because it's the only thing, like at least for me, I never get tired of it. Right? A lot of these flavors and shit, you know, you smoke, go through a zip of it and you're like, yeah, give me some OG. Not even high. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some OG. Need some smacker.
0: But I've been hearing that that the OG's coming back, green bud's coming back. Yep. You know, a lot of people want purple gelato cookie gas, and if you ain't got it right now, you you're not selling it.
1: Make, yeah. Make green bud great again. hmm Yeah, I was just talking to my boy yesterday and he was just like, Oh geez, OGs, oh, geez, OGs. Oh, geez, and I was just like, Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, six months later it'll be a back to perps. Purple OG.
0: Purple will yeah. <laughs> always sell, in my yeah. opinion.
1: <laughs> uh, flavor profile with Athena, what to <clears> expect? <throat>
0: I mean, what what your ge- genetics can provide. I mean, if you irrigate and, you know, he was talking about dry and cure your stuff properly, you're going to have no problems with your Athena. You know, you're going to come out having fire. Y- and usually what we're seeing too with people testing Athena, like uh, Mitten Gardens, Steve, um, THC levels to the roof Yeah, with Athena. It's stupid. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Even terp percentage. Like, obviously you want to dry your plants back and, you know, spike that stuff up at the end. But just seeing insanely high results, especially for Michigan. Out here, i've always heard you know a 30 here is like a 20 at home in michigan so if we're hitting 27s 30s you know happen. it's a big deal and athena's helping a lot of people do that and our market's driven by thc percentage out there yep so if you're hitting 22s you're not selling your product which is right now. so stupid it's horrible bro yes. and all these like
3: facilities go, want to grow such. dank and they can't you can. know
2: like some of the bombest weed is like you know mid-20s bro you know take like an extra hit flavor. No, I mean, you know,
3: <laughs> hold it
0: in longer. Yeah. not even
2: necessarily that, you know, like all those terpenes work like in synergy with, with that THC. So if there's different compounds mm-hmm. yep. in it, it affects everybody differently. You, exactly. know? Plant, you don't plant go plant in profile. Like I always use this analogy, it's like you know going blue in the face saying it, but like you don't go into a liquor store and ask for the fucking Everclear, uh-huh. you know? You don't want the highest fucking percentage alcohol in the liquor store. You want something that is enjoyable for yourself and fucking you enjoy to smoke it, and it, you know gives you a good effect, whatever, right? It's like whatever you
3: like, you know. Yeah, don't best. don't
2: don't go off the don't go off the percentages. Go off go off the smell of it, you mm-hmm. know. That's that's you know taste, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, you enjoying it, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's all it's the best what it's stuff all about. we
0: see is at like t- low twenties percents Always, yeah, know, it's never the thirty-two GMOs or yeah. you know, wedding cakes, which is dope, but um, you know those low twenties seem to be the ones with the terps that are you yeah know, people smoking on the street. So
2: very well balanced. Yeah,
1: is the Chris is the reason why they're seeing such high THC percentages and 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 terps with Athena because of the low nitrogen in bloom.
3: Yeah, and the irrigation strategy for sure. know this kind of goes back to how you're how you're stressing the plant what's the environment that you're putting it under and how do you control that stress but definitely the the nutrient profiles driving it it's helping a lot
1: i hear a lot from henry and, and some other people that it has to do with a lot of the high sulfates is that you think that's true
3: yeah i mean that's part of it i think there's there's two things going on you're going to get the sulfates instead of the nitrates in the system and the nitrates that other people are keeping in there during bloom uh they're just kind of keeping the THC content a little bit lower.
1: All right. What's your, uh, mobile, what's your irrigation strategy and veg look like?
0: So it depends what I'm doing. I've done a pretty crazy tech with veg. Um, I ran a rockwell room before and I would just run 24, seven light. I would literally just, it'd be like 70% water content. I'd let it go down to like 57 and just fill it back up again to the, the whole way. Super simple, crushed it, but for our normal strategies, um, feeding till runoff, like smaller plants and um, you know, doing like 5%, 10% dry downs in between, and then just doing like a 30% taper or a dry back overnight, a P3, um, pretty much just keeping it wetter you know, that's how we do it. And then once we transition, you know, into the first three weeks, we'll do that 50, 60% dryback. We'll double it up and then we'll send those cues to them. And then, you know, once after our week three, we'll go back to kind of like that veg steer, you know, kind of like a hybrid of so both.
2: 50 to 60 of total, total field capacity.
0: Yeah. So if I'm at 60%, I'll go down to 30 or 25. Yes. yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Just reiterate it.
1: Right? Yeah. And yeah. that's that, that is that in line with what you guys are doing, Roach? I mean,
2: we're running different. You're running in cocoa, so a little, a little, a little well, different. Yeah.
0: yeah, I've done you know rock wool rooms too and worked you know yeah. other places, but personally, in my personal spot, yeah, it's all rock. Yeah, veg or, uh, f- cocoa. Excuse me.
2: Five to five to ten percent backs, right? And we've done the same thing where uh, we have the light on in the bedroom the entire time, mm-hmm. right? Um, only up until recently, we're kind of playing around with some more eighteen six because a lot of these buildings didn't have power to run all your lights. Mm. right yeah because you know you're talking about a thousand lights in a building you know to have those all on at one time you need a hell of a lot of power right so we would be able to kind of conserve power by doing the uh the gas lantern technique which is basically one row on one row off one row on one row for 12 12
0: yep yeah Yeah. a lot of people doing that now
2: yeah and it works fucking great it's how we did you know but now everything's on drippers you just have it have to have it separated by zones Mm -hmm. so like the indirect light you just get like maybe one shot, and then while lights are on, you get the majority of your feedings.
1: Nice. This is a, a fu- funny one, but wh- why are you only using 5 mLs of CalMag while others are using 10? Are people using 10 mLs of CalMag?
0: The only person I've seen use 10 is Ganey Farmer. Yeah, but you- I
1: think he went back to 5.
0: I'm not sure. I know you guys posted his feeding yeah. regimen, okay. and it was 10, which is like a 1 EC base of CalMag, which mm-hmm. is a lot. I found for me personally, my best is like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5 EC base of CalMag. And I've talked to Walt about it, which is 5 mLs of Athena CalMag for me, mm-hmm. and Walt's using 4. Um, so that's pretty similar, but yeah, 5 is my sweet spot.
1: Yeah, 5 mLs. I mean, just follow the the feed chart. If we find what works better, we'll change the feed chart. We oh. promise. Walt actually just went to uh pro over there too. No oh, way. Walt is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He said, <laughs>
2: well, is you there know a reason? I mean? uh, Well, we're kind of moving away from Coco moms a little bit, you know, like that, oh, like yeah. more than half of that facility is Rockwell now.
0: Mm. I got a friend that does all Rockwell moms, yep. super young, Keeps yep. them healthy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Just quick flips. Mm-hmm. Um, these, these few trials that we've been running in, it's just insane how much faster you can get fucking genetics out and flavors out to, you know, like 40 days, you can get a hundred cuts off of a
1: uh, rock wool. Wow. How, how big a rock are you mm-hmm. guys going?
2: So those mob, the ones that are going into mobs, we're going into a six by six. So we're putting them into a six by six, like the old school way we used to do it, right? You don't have to be hella on top of the water, just put them into a six by six. And then like, basically like day 20, day 21, put them on top of a unislab and then just let them ride. And then nice. pretty much in three weeks, you kill them. They, they pretty much only get like six to seven weeks old, That's good old. It's it like sh- it shouldn't never go longer than a room. Mm. So you're constantly flipping them out. Boom, Fresh boom, plant, boom. That's, that's and, bad. and it's Fresh. fast. Yeah. It's fucking fast and way cleaner. Yeah. You know, way cleaner. Because cocoa is becoming very difficult to get mm. with shipping, right? It's yeah. always been hard to get, you know, there's always shortages of it. Interesting. Especially during replanting of, of large commercial spots, you know.
3: Yeah, filling up a big facility is not going to be easy. To get enough cocoa. Mm-mm.
0: How big is Walt's room, lights wise?
2: three hundred lights, Whew. just fucking mobs. That's
0: crazy. <laughs> That's a yeah. lot of moms. And He's close
2: to you then. Yeah,
0: your facility. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we'll go.
2: We'll, we're we'll, all we'll, with. Yeah, we're all within a few miles of each other. Okay. We'll go
1: down after this and go see him. Cool. Yeah, let's go say what's up. What was your inspiration for getting into the cannabis world?
0: Money. You know, I
1: got.
0: (laughs) Honest man. I was working in Wisconsin. I got fired for smoking weed, you know, and I came back home.
2: So it was weed that got you in? Because if you didn't smoke weed, you wouldn't have probably started growing weed.
0: No, no, so it yeah, was I mean, weed, who was weed in the money, yeah, 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 um, but yeah, I got fired for smoking, and then went back home and I just seen what was going on in Michigan with the weed game. actually, my little homie's name's Tyler, he uh would put me on, take me to dispensaries and grows, and whatever, right. He works for me now, which is interesting, um. <laughs> But yeah, just the money, you know. I mean, for the family, I was a pitch salesman, things weren't working. I started a t shirt company, I did all sorts of things. Yeah, but cannabis, it was just like, okay, you know, my dad was dating a, a lady and she had like uh, 272 lighters, you know, crushing it. So I was like, okay, we need to get in this. And she was like, yo, you need two five tons, you need this, you need this. And I'm thinking, you know, five, ten grand at a time here, here. So we just started in a tent and then worked our way up, bro. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: How long have you been in the game so far? Four years. That's awesome. Right? Mm-hmm. Coming up quick.
0: But I went crazy, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> I lost a lot of friends. You know, relationships not going out. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, Respect. being a little crazy about it, you know?
1: Yeah. You. I don't think you're, you might, I don't think, I don't know if you're as worse as I, as bad as me, but yeah, I'm pretty crazy. Probably honest, not. I'm pretty crazy. <laughs> um. Do you only grow with LEDs? Mm-hmm now so no more hps
0: well i started four years ago so yeah why would you know my first search was hps versus led and then i built my own leds and it was funny because i used to watch ivan you know trash leds you know what i mean and then you you know you told me you brought the idea of the clone light and the 645 to him and really pushed it on him and, you know, that clone light was, like, one of the best things I've ever seen, like, invention I've seen, really. Like, that was so smart. Thanks. Uh, but only LEDs. Yep, so I have a ton of knowledge on LEDs, you know, PPFD at every stage, what ECs you're feeding, et cetera. You know, I help Dylan with, you know, sometimes, you know, turning down the PPFD a little bit, seeing more quality, and he's seeing that now, you know. Um, Towards the end? Yeah. Well, just in general, you know, we're seeing if you're pushing, especially like a pro line at three, five, three OEC and you're running 12, 1300, uh, PPFD, like you're just really asking for butter, especially if you can't get down to 40%, 35% humidity and your dry room might be out of whack or whatever. I mean, it's very difficult. You know, if you're trying to hit that three and a half, four pounds of light, you're going to have tons of butter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With LEDs, especially.
1: Yeah. I remember having that meeting with ivan were you there when we had that meeting with ivan and i was like dude we got to make leds
2: i don't know we've been in a lot of meetings
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah dude That was i was pretty nervous about that just because i know how ivan felt about leds
2: huh yeah i mean i think i remember the first post he's like all right <laughs> it happened <laughs> we like leds now you know <laughs> Because he was (laughs) such a hater for so long. I mean, but rightfully so. Fucking LEDs seven years ago sucked They weren't working. Mm -hmm. They were terrible. The claims were like
3: this. They're like, throw away all of your other lights, use no wattage. And you're like, well, it sucks.
1: Yeah. Well, they also had the wrong spectrum because the spectrum that they're using was that high red blurple spectrum. Mm -hmm. And what automatically it does is we learned, obviously, that it bleaches out the top of your nugs. Yeah. And so you know, you have all these LEDs going out and everyone th- doesn't realize that it's just the high red spectrum. If they change the red spectrum to maybe like a 60%
3: 50,
1: 60, red, 50, 60, yeah. Yeah. You know, 50, 60% red. There'd be cool, but they had like 80% red, 90%, 90% red. red. Yeah. And it just bleaches everything out it's
3: where you need that partnership between the engineer, the developer and the actual growers. Like this yes. is, has to go back the other direction. Yeah. Can't just look at it graph and go yep i made a light perfect for that graph yeah you have to actually grow with it and see what happens yeah get the feedback
1: and grow at scale yeah, yeah. a lot yeah yeah and it's several like several times bleach, yeah. out, bleach out a lot of nugs yeah
2: <laughs> huh? yeah no we, we only did that once yeah <laughs> no, a few times
1: i think
0: <laughs> i'm really excited to see those reds they're sick the 80s and 90s so sick you sent me some i'm still waiting on them but uh, max is really liking uh, you didn't get, get them yet i did not i hit up my new rep over there so we'll see if i can get them in
1: I think I might Get this some. guy some fucking LEDs, bro. Yeah. How many do you need?
0: Uh, so I have a 8 light double deck I use For my veg So that would be 16, 16. bars That's what you sent me 16. 16? Mm-hmm
1: Okay I'll, remind, well, I'll send you some uh, I think I have some prototypes here
0: And then you have the 80 and 90 I wasn't really sure What are the difference Go. between those two
1: I personally like the 80 What do you like, Roach? Doesn't matter No? it doesn't, no, it doesn't matter I, I like the 80 because It doesn't matter what I like, bro <laughs> I mean,
2: I, I like, you know, I think we all like the 80 from the beginning.
1: I mean, the 80 was the best. Yeah. 80 is the best. The 80, the ADR Lux 200 watt bar is personally my favorite.
0: Because you guys were looking for a flower spectrum and then you accidentally found that one, correct?
1: Yeah, that was, we actually stumbled across that spectrum. Uh, nobody's ever made that spectrum before and we were trying to achieve uh, 80% red, but the white and the green was inversed or something like that and uh, we came up with that spectrum which was easier to work under but gave the same benefit um it, it's the highest red you can go with uh being able to work underneath the light and not seeing green spots every time A you cri the yeah the color r- rendering index yeah yeah
2: but i like the 90s dude you okay. do, huh? Yeah, I do. Fuck it. You do. You do. You do. That <laughs> I knew like, you did. Yeah. Which is at least for, like, at least for, I think every plant should touch that 90 before it goes into a room.
1: Wow. Yeah, the sick is just... I think that I
2: think that every plant should touch that 90, or, you know, that 90 should touch every plant before it goes in. Really? What are you, you seeing? I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, it seems like it's reducing the uh, the transplant shock, like when you bring it into the room, you know, sometimes sure. you bring it from like a metal halide room or like a, a lower intensity veg into like an HPS room or uh, a high high intensity LED room. Sometimes you'll just get a little bit of that, you know, they're just not stoked in there. You put them in there, just they're praying from day one. That's amazing. Thicker t- stalks, more okay. node sites.
0: Because there was like knowledge that for like 4,000 Kelvin, more bluer spectrum, you know, would be for veg. And you do the more yellow oh, 3K spectrum. It. And you guys did the complete opposite.
1: Yes. Yeah, we did opposite.
0: Because yeah. I've seen 645s, which is, I think, 3,800 Kelvin, mm-hmm. killing my veg. Yeah. Great. Yep. So that's my favorite veg light I've ever used personally. And I've used, you know, a few different brands. But so that's why I'm really excited to see the 80s or 90s. You're going to be. you. And then the so whole room being eight, red.
2: You have an eight light double decker, so four and four?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then we have seven uh, on trays. So are our, our veg like 15?
1: Roach is going to tell you to go 90. No, I no. Know. no, no. <laughs> get some.
2: Just, just get like, you know, maybe
1: get, maybe get hard. I'll, to dude, I'll just give you all 90s. Because
0: I was going to do an upper deck with one yeah. test. Yeah. It, yeah. Do do that.
1: Yeah. Upper, uh, if yeah, you have a double it. deck, you should be using 90s. Okay. Because
0: yeah. the 645 doesn't dim down, unfortunately, below 40. So that is an issue I'm having with my double deck.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: You know what I mean? Especially if you start getting plants that are foot away and you're in veg, it's like fuck. I gotta pound them with that forty percent. What's
1: it, what's crazy about that red spectrum is it seems like the plants are able to get to peak PPFD sooner, and that's really what makes it mm. incredible. I mean, dude, we were like pushing like
2: six hundred and fifty PPFDs, like I think at like
1: a weekend. Like, like
2: yeah, but like off four hundred watts. Oh yeah, yeah, which is and crazy. it's like yeah. 28 inches away from the fixture, you're like, what the fuck? 650 PPFD, like, you know, like 28 inches, 30 inches away, you're like, whoa. With 400 watts. With 400 watts. It's going to change. So, I would say if you are, uh, in double deckers, you don't really want to let them get a foot away from those lights. Yeah. You will see some crazy shit. Yeah, we have moms sometimes (laughs) underneath
0: those, but they'll take it. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah, they for sure will. Yeah,
0: yeah, I like to be around 400 PPFD is what I'm finding for me on an
2: 18.6. I'm going to do, uh, five of those bars over a couple moms
1: a thousand watts oh my gosh Just over a mom see what happens <laughs> they'll I think, take i it. think it'll eat it all up dude yeah they're just gonna it. have to feed it higher yeah they'll take it i mean the ppfd yeah. is gonna be what 2000 it's just gonna be ridiculous it's gonna be crazy cool brother i appreciate you making the trip out
0: yeah of course thanks for inviting me
1: Yeah. And Roach, I appreciate your time, dude. I course, know you're right? fucking slammed right no, now. No, we're good. Yeah, thanks, good. man. You too, you too, Chris. I know you got a lot going on right now.
3: Oh, never. Yeah. I work with you. What do you? <laughs> yeah. how, how couldn't I have a million things going on? Yeah.
1: No, appreciate you guys, and uh, let's wrap it up. Let's do it. Boom. Thanks.
3: Thanks, Jack. Yep.